tonight. Relax, put your seat back. Just make sure Grant Hackett's not behind you. How an Olympic champion jumped out of the pool and into hot water. Is it all over for grand final golden point glory in the NRL? As the AFL ditches the grand final replay. Stephen May to take a hit from the tribunal. The A-League finals off to a flyer. And from YouTube sensation to the Rio Olympics, Michelle Jenica is our guest. We're always setting the highest standards. This is the back page line. Wanted to run around in the baggy green. Want to be on TV shows like this where we can have a laugh. Never ever give up. They think women aren't strong enough, but we just beat the world. Their senses are dulled. I've got pucks in the back of the head regularly. It's just unfortunate it was from the coach. Yes, hello all and welcome. All of that plus the latest NRL player cited for touching a referee and the dumping of AFL Grand Final replay. So much to get to, so let's get into it with Kelly Underwood and Robert Craddock. Hello and welcome to the both of you. And on this side, I'm very pleased to see both Jules Schiller and the wonderful Ryan Girdler. Hello and welcome, gentlemen. All right, uh, Grant Hackett, he did all the hard work to make Australia love him again, despite missing the flight to Rio with his failed Olympic comeback. If only he'd missed the flight from Adelaide to Melbourne at the weekend. Instead... Accusations of a wobbly hacket giving another passenger a nipple cripple before being carted from the flight and interviewed by police bring all the dark parts of his story back to the surface. Kel, it's not pretty. I don't think it was accusations that he was wobbly. I think we've seen proof that he was yeah. wobbly and it wasn't pretty and it's very, very unfortunate. But I guess the background is was that he's been training hard for 18 months in the pool. We're hearing off the alcohol and obviously um, had prescription drug issues in the past as well, so was able to get himself clean. Um, in January, he was hospitalised with bronchitis, which sent his preparation back, so he knew he was up against it. He, uh, he jumps in the pool, he bombs out, obviously, in the trials. The next day, straight into commentary... And then it all finishes, the event, everyone goes, but he stays because his manager gets him a paid gig at the Crows function before the Crows-Swans games at the Adelaide Oval on Saturday night. And then the hours go missing, don't they? And so clearly he's let his hair down, he's got an issue with alcohol, a little bit like Mitchell Pearce maybe, there's no off button and it's just... He's I been guess, and done the rehab, he's, he's done yeah. all that and come back from a previous misdemeanours. What are your thoughts, Craig? Oh, look, I find it a really funny story, as in peculiar, because there's two Grant Hackett's. Isn't there? There's, if he was here as a guest, people say, yeah. man, oh, man, articulate, thoughtful. Smart. Did an NBA in record time. Yeah. But when he loses it, he loses it terribly. Like, there are threads to this story that really astound me. I'll give you one. Like, he went 24 hours after the incident without ringing his management, you know, the boys from International mm. Quarterback, and they have taken bullets for him over the years, and they were putting out bushfires all around the country. They had nothing to go with. I couldn't believe that. And I'm still bewildered, Kel, by... I know this is a simple thing, but when he got on the plane, he didn't seem to be in terribly bad condition, but was absolutely in catastrophic shape when he got off it without allegedly drinking. So what happened there? So, well, well we, there's been accusations and he's denied using still knocks or whatever, but... Something doesn't add up. He has a case, though, for going the bloke in front. I mean, reclining your seat on a domestic flight should be illegal, that, surely. I felt like feeding people's genitals in an incinerator. <laughs> You're an economy when you go back in the seat, so fair enough. And he, he, did he tweak a nipple? Yep. It resonates with me. I've never said this before. Fun fact, I have an inverted left nipple, so Hello. it wouldn't have worked on me. No <laughs> court case. He never would have found it. Would have, would have all been fine. And the other fact of the story I love, the guy was watching an episode of The Golden Girls and he's laptop and I'm thinking why would he be doing that then I realised this Adelaide would have been its first run so uh, <laughs> <laughs> from Adelaide, I was born there but uh, I think it's overblown I mean he's had a few drinks 
It, there wasn't any. I don't think it was an assault, was it? And, and I don't think... Oh, you can't grab oh. a plane. You, you cannot. You, it's just... I was on a plane once when Ian Botham grabbed a guy and, uh, you know, everyone tried to play it down. But it, the rules, like, that's assault on a plane. If you show intent and you touch someone, it's assault. And the you, bottom you line is he's just undone all the goodwill that was towards him. I mean, everyone deserves a second chance and we love it. You know, he was trying to redeem himself back in the pool and he goes and does that. Well, and survived, so, suddenly. Oh, well, I mean, it affects his reputation, doesn't it? But it also affects his hip pocket because he was set to go um, as part of a... You know, his commentary was excellent in Adelaide. The broadcasters were impressed, so he was going to go to Rio. Do they still employ him? Because that would have been a lucrative contract. And then does he go as a mentor? That's the other well, issue. Oh, mentor the team on how to sleep during the flight. <laughs> <laughs> Very refreshed. Some of the photographs that came out that day... I was disappointed. He actually denies that he was in a wheelchair. I don't know if we saw that photograph earlier. Apparently that was parallax error. They, they put him next to... on a chair next to the wheelchair. There it is, look. You can just see it coming up. Uh, that's not, he's not in a wheelchair. Just conveniently they've plonked him on a seat right next to the wheelchair, which is, you know, sad. You also get the feeling he didn't pay full attention during the safety <laughs> briefing. That's <laughs> awesome. But he can't and we can add that to the list as well. Good. Is yes. that you know, papers mark never to tour? Will he get to you know, go to Rio? Look, I, th I think, you know, we can all sit back here and take pot shots at the guy, but the fact of the matter is it's quite a serious issue. This guy's struggling to fit back into society and it is, it's a sensitive issue when you talk about the nipple, Tony. Uh -huh. The nipple, for me, is off limits. I'm not into the nipple at all. <laughs> but if I'm going to go something on a plane... Like, I've had some really good nipple cripples mm -hmm. in my day, but I've never felt like calling the police. No. <laughs> But I used to go for the wedgie over the nipple. <laughs> Any day of the week. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't get around there. Look, some people obviously embrace going hard after a sporting contest, like this winner of the Spanish Open Golf. Have a listen. I can't wait to get back to North Mid and, yeah, get hammered and see my mum, brother, and spend time with them and just celebrate. <laughs> I'm not saying Tamad first and then the family. Yeah. <laughs> it's got some priorities. <laughs> exactly. That, that's me, obviously. Look, it wasn't as good uh, as his state of origin match-winning field goal when, as Cooper Cronk put it, every sinew in his body came together in one perfect hole. But one oh, of tame, the game's great closers <laughs> did the job for really? Melbourne against the Tigers. Uh, golden point failures, obviously, to Mitchell Moses there. Uh, he was very disappointed. And then, of course, even the great Cam Smith, not sure what he was doing, but it came to Cooper Cronk. He just knows how to get the job done, Gerds. It's, uh, yeah, he's, he's so good at it, Tony. And, and yesterday, we called that game on Sunday afternoon and, uh, and they actually had the momentum. They scored a late try, the Tigers, and got themselves back into the game, kicked a penalty goal on about 76 minutes just to take it into Golden Point. But as soon as they did, they had all the momentum. But you just looked at Cooper Cron, Cameron Smith and said, well, Melbourne are going to somehow find a way to win. And, and they did. It was, it was a good game, but those guys are so good at, that, at executing that play that they win every time. He's a genius. You love Cooper. Oh, yeah. He, I mean, so composed under pressure. He's the Iceman. He's done it so many times. What a, what a match winner. Right, we are talking about Golden Point there because the Rules Committee is apparently looking at changing the Golden Point for grand finals to make way for either extra time or a golden try. Now, this, you know, I know that Wayne Bennett was disappointed with the result uh, and the way it happened in the grand final last year, but it was such an amazing moment. And the opportunity for the final moment of the game to be the match-winning moment would disappear. What, what do you think? Look, I actually like the, um, the golden point during the season. I think it, it sort of gets a result. The fans go away happy. It's exciting. But I think maybe to put a whole season on the line for that one moment... Um, I understand that the, the players and the coaches could be a little bit frustrated with losing that result. 
They're talking about a couple of different options. The five minutes each, each way, which would be, I think, a, a great solution, or the ten minutes each way, which I think might be a little bit long, and then you go into Golden Point. Yep. So you could still work your way into, you know, performing the field goal, which is what some of the good sides are so good at, and it's a skill in itself. Yeah. But then you give the other team the opportunity within that time limit to come back and possibly win the game. So, yeah, I think for Origins and some finals and certainly the grand final, it makes sense. I, I disagree because so much in grand finals is top people soaking time off the clock, you know, whatever sport you do. And you talked about Jonathan Thurston. You think of John Aloisi kicking that penalty to get Australia into the World Cup. You think of goals on the siren, after the siren. I think the last moment of a huge game to be a scoring moment that also wins you a grand final is just... It's, it's just gold. Yeah, it's magic. Grand final tradition dies, though. It dies very hard in the AFL. But change is a coming. Now, they announced uh, this afternoon the scrapping of grand final replays if the match is drawn, moving to extra time in those games. Yeah, it's a little bit sad, I think. A bit of, well, a bit of tradition's been lost. It's such a traditional game. Having said that, we've only seen three draws in 150 odd years of AFL footy, but this... Jules, I don't know whether you were here that day, but that is one of the most bizarre experiences I've felt live at a sporting event, to have 100,000 fans pile out of the MCG in silence. Everyone was shell-shocked, but I will never forget that for as long as I live. I was at the 1977 one, uh, Collingwood, North Melbourne, the drawn grand final there, as a little boy, and just remember the players just lying on the ground and just an ear... My father was also lying on the ground for another reason. For the alcohol. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I just remember that as a little boy. Like, what, what do you do? Having said that, I think it's probably the right thing to do, Crash, but they've made it golden point. Yep, yep. So that means... Well, they have five could... minutes each way. Yeah, yeah, five time. minutes so, each, way. Yeah, each way. After that, if the scores are still level, then they play so on to the golden a grand, point. So a Premier could be decided by a rush behind... Yeah, but, but you know what? I've got no problem with that. I mean, St Kilda have won one premiership when that Barry Breen ball wobbled through for yeah. a point. Yeah. And, hey, they'll take it, you know, forevermore. But oh, I, I, I like this because... Really? Yeah, absolutely. The reason I like it is because when you have a replay, one team doesn't turn up. Yeah. And they're the most... One team's just busted and yeah. the other team just kills and them. And it's not fair on It's an anti-climax. Yeah. Whereas this... You're there on the day. I remember that the grand final you were talking about, Collingwood, St Kilda... It was actually a real hollowness at the end of it. You don't want that on grand final day. No, you don't. But the actual golden point, are you a fan? It, it, to me, it feels like... I mean, if you were oh, to so decide... they've gone five minutes it, each way, then it. they keep going. It's, the next point should win. Feel like losing you a there for a week. It'd feel like losing a World Cup with an own goal or something, but, I, I reckon. I love but it. Things, That's are, good. things are won by small margins. I mean, James yeah. Magnuson missed a, goal by, uh, missed a gold medal by that. It happens. Yeah. That's sport. Yeah, right. Last week, uh, Bulldog Josh Reynolds gave an opponent a tickle on the bottom because they were very, very good friends. This week he threw a footy at a teammate for exactly the same reason. Is this a good look or is it a good thing that players are passionate oh. and Michael Leisha has thrown a bad pass to him so he tosses the ball? I think we need to take into context the moment of the game that was. I mean the Warriors were leading, there was five or ten minutes to go and that was a, an attacking play that uh, the Bulldogs had worked really hard for. Uh, they'd been able to mount some pressure and that was their big play coming. And uh, yeah, look, he's a, he's a passionate player and you don't like to see that too often in, in games, as you don't. But I think in that moment, it just got too much for Josh. We've seen that with him in the past. He does a little bit of yoga and that now and meditation. 
keeps him. It's working out. It's working out. It was a Lucas Fun moment, wasn't it? He might need to spend that time doing something else. But he's certainly um, he, he's having a pretty good year, Josh, and that was just a bit of a brainstorm. You're going to see that in, in sport, and that was just one of those moments. No hard feelings there. No, right. Well, we do have other examples of teammates uh, coming to blows, which I think is, is terrific. Let's start with the Moroccan track team, who obviously aren't the Moroccan boxing team. Uh, really having a go, though. Uh, this is Bruce Go Gobble. Oh, wasn't he great? And this is his Liverpool teammates. See, <laughs> no other teammates. This is uh, the from Carlton. These Cameron boys in the intra club match. Oh, the date. Thanks so much. Look, don't throw your helmet, uh, especially if you hit a very, very angry teammate. Watch this guy's reaction. <laughs> He's not finished yet. <laughs> and finally, the high five with attitude. Yes. <laughs> Give it to me. Absolutely love it. Happens all the time. All right, the uh, the Panthers had a great win over the Roosters last night, but not without its controversy. Sam McKendry will miss a week with an early guilty plea for misconduct. Now, that was after that touch on the referee. Crash, what did you make of that? Do you know what? Uh, the old-timers will say, ah, it was just a slap on the chest. But, you know, it, it was It was just... no Grand Hackett, was it? No. No, <laughs> <laughs> it was nice and hard all the way through. But, uh, uh. you know what? That's exactly what they're trying to stamp out. You sort of get it. It was He was protesting and it was just a brush and just a step too far. It really was. If you're going to get rid of that stuff, he has to go for that, yeah, unfortunately. He, had, it was he didn't intent. need to go towards no. him. He didn't need to touch the referee. The whole body language, the whole yeah, package yeah, he, was wrong. But David Clemmer got off for something similar, didn't he, Gertz? Yeah, no we've, seen, we've seen a few players get off this year and I'm not sure what um, Sam's going to do, whether he's going to fight it at the judiciary in the next couple of days because, for me, again, that was just a, a moment on the field that sometimes it's it's avoidable. But yeah, given the there's moment, been the edict, you don't touch a referee, yeah. surely he, yeah, in that it, case... Yeah, it, it, We've probably got to get it out of our game, but I'm a little bit still old school where you have relationships with refs. They want to communicate with you, call you by your first name. You build these sort of relationships and he's just gone over and said, hey, that was a bad call and it was a bad call, yeah. which makes it almost OK. The Ford pass <laughs> from the old Panther. <laughs> yeah. Horrible call. Yeah, of course it was. They still won. Settle down. All right, look, the thing I like to do before I perform is make myself dry wretch. Uh, just like the <laughs> Brisbane Broncos did before they played Newcastle, what the hell is this about? It's... Down it goes, down the throat. There you see, he has a dry wrench, another one. Whoop, 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 whoop. And, uh, oh, oh. Well, it's, it's old-fashioned. You're a Brisbane boy. Oil and uh, Johnny Lewis used to give this to all his fighters. And there's two theories on it. One is it really electrifies your senses and it clears them up and gets you going. The second one is it does absolutely nothing. <laughs> like, it just works on your mind like a, you know, what's the word, placebo. And mm -hmm. you sort of think, yeah, I'm ready to go. So... There's two very distinct schools. Girls, girls, did you ever had any sort of that witchcraft or the old-fashioned oh, magic potion? There was I, when we first sort of started. There was Sudafed, which was obviously a band now, and pseudoephedrine. The guys used to sort of try and get as many of those into them as they could before a game, <laughs> really? just to get obviously the heart rate going. And then they brought out a thing called creatine. Um, and back then, the I think there was. A little bit more blurry with all the um, you know rules and regulations. And there was the no dose. Remember the whole no dose scenario? We didn't do that. No, uh, some that sports they were taking a lot How of. How were they no with Sudafed at half time? Like by the time well, they crash, I think after your sort of heart rate goes up, and then it, what goes up must come down. Crash, as you know. And <laughs> I don't think it was that good for him in this back half of the game, to be honest. Right. Look, the big news, obviously, in the NRL this week was that St George Illawarra scored. <laughs> Off the back of a pair of ducks on their Queensland road trip, the Dragons not only notched up their first points in three weeks, they got 19 of them and beat the Gold Coast Titans. Now, last week, 
I accepted a very stupid challenge from Crash to wear the Dragons mascot outfit if they scored zip again. It was never going to happen. So, Crash, you owe me an apology. <coughs> and more importantly, you owe this bloke an apology. <laughs> right here, <laughs> right now. Hey, since when do we become Sesame Street? <laughs> <laughs> this looks like the most piss-weak Game of Thrones episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, this uh, is happy happy. Yeah. All right, yeah, no yeah. Way. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I tell you what, he's looking more menacing than any of your forwards. Hey, that's not Mark Riddell in there, is it? No, <laughs> it's not it's, Mark Riddell. It is happy, and thank you, happy, yeah. uh, for coming in and just showing him the light. But no, I must say, uh, you know, they, they did play well in the weekend. I was so hoped they'd be scoreless, and there, were, there was points on the board in the eighth minute. But I've got to say, I've, I haven't jumped the fence, but I will say this, happy. Mm-hmm. That looking at your draw, you've only got one more game outside Sydney. You're only two points out of the eight. So, mate, by the end of the season, they might be calling you a happy ending. Yeah. There you go. Oh, oh what? Yeah. Yeah. Look yeah. at yeah. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's it by the end of the season. <laughs> Thanks so much. Happy to see you on Anzac Day for the Roosters. Look at you. Just talking to a man yeah. in a dragon suit. All right, the great, the great stadium debate has been resolved while most of us slept through it. The next big question is what will happen to the NRL Grand Final while ANZ Stadium is refurbished? Wayne Bennett had this to say. Sydney's the home of the, the NRL Grand Final, mate. Simple as that. Okay? And that's the way, you know, Melbourne, the home of the AFL Grand Final. The Sydney cricket ground still, we're happy to play there. Not that I don't think, you know, we sh- wouldn't deserve it here, but my point is, it's about, you know, the history of the game, tradition, and it's pretty important to a lot of people. History of the game, tradition, Kelsey, you would obviously agree completely with him given what you said about the AFL grand final and the change from you know, a replay and draw. You're winding me up, Tony, mm-hmm. because I actually think Brisbane deserve an opportunity. I mean, it's a bit of a one-off, obviously. They need to find the home for the four years during the renovations. And why wouldn't you give it to Brisbane, given what Queensland has, has given to the game of rugby league over the last few years, its dominance with origin, what the Broncos have been able to achieve? But last something year different. we had two Queensland sides at in Sydney. They're almost it was the perfect. heart and soul of rugby league at the moment with what they've been able to do. And Crash, surely, as a Queenslander, you would agree with me, they would make it special, they would turn it into an event, and it would be remembered as a very long for a very long time of you know what Queensland could do for a grand final. They probably would, but I've got to admit, I'm not as hot on it as you are. I'm... Uh, the last two grand finals in Sydney, particularly the Broncos-Cowboys one, showed me to be such an event down here proved that it was almost like a, an event just getting there, you know what I mean? It was great. So Queensland people origin, don't get me wrong, you start tampering with that, they'll blow up deluxe. But I haven't met one person at home that says, God, we've got to get this grand final. Because, like, even two years ago, the Roosters, uh, sorry, the Rabbitohs, that game at, at Suncorp would not have felt right with all those fans not getting tickets. But you just said it's part of the journey. Imagine all the New South Wales they fans They wouldn't get tickets, up. 50,000, 50,000. So, look, but if Queensland get it, good, but I, I'm much more concerned about origin. That, that, that's the game that concerns so most people. So you say people. go to the SCG? Very happy to. Where you fit 48,000. But that's fine. But that's this, you're most likely to get Sydney clubs in it, and that's where I think it, it, it belongs. I've where got, where no are you issues. putting it, Goods? Yeah, I like, I like the SCG. I never got to play at the SCG, but I've gone to see a couple of games over the last few years and we stage one or two games every year there and it's a fantastic... I think it's just the environment, it's just the tradition and the history that it brings to the grand final and I think if you're a player that would, in the next four years, be able to play at the SCG in a grand final, what a memory, what a story that would be. Uh, and, and it's all about, I think we create a really good week. The NRL does a good job up here on grand final week these days and they take a look back through history and what a great yep. time to do it at the end with 
in our game at the SCG. Sure, 50,000 people, that's all you're going to get there. And it's not the best game to watch the footy app, but could you imagine being there oh, with 50,000 at the ANZ Stadium, though, has come out and said that grand finals could still be played at the venue while it's under reconstruction. Sure, it would be a bit like this spring footy game in the US uh, just recently. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's what it will look like. Obviously, hard hats are required. Playing, but that's OK, because uh, uh, they, can, they can keep it. Oh, and obviously, they still do want to keep it. I love that. That is a spring, actual spring game of footy just recently. All right, the Sharks are super impressive at the moment. Great leadership from Paul Gallen. Now, when one of your team gets in trouble for swearing at the referee, there's only one way to handle it. Listen. If you want to ask a question, that's fine. I will not accept that language from you. Jack Bird. Jack Bird. Come on. <laughs> 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 it's like super yeah. nanny, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Just, just do exactly as I say. I love it. Stephen May was sent straight to the tribunal tonight after his massive hit on Brisbane's Stephen Martin, and he has copped a five-week suspension. That's about right. I'm surprised yeah. it wasn't even the full six. Well, four would have been too light. Six would have sent a very strong message. So five is probably the middle ground. Everything about this is ugly. Sam May um, opted not to go for the football, which you can do. But if you pick and choose to bump, your feet can't leave the ground and you cannot make contact with the head under the circumstances. He wasn't no looking at the footy. He was he looking ran at past it. Yeah, yeah ran but past you can run past, you can run, run past it and you, and you can go to bump five metres off the ball. But you can't let your feet jump in the air and you yeah. cannot make contact okay. with the head. And that was the point of the shoulder yeah, into ugly. the point it's, of the cheekbone. He was out cold before he hit the ground. He was. But I'll tell you one of the side effects of this. There is now genuine hatred between these two clubs. A genuine rivalry. You're seeing this as a good thing, yeah, right? I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Violence and hate and passion we have It's like but the big rivalries in the state start with the blue, generally. Remember that Port Adelaide, Adelaide one in the car park? The Ramsgate. Yeah, well, that lifted everything. And in yep. the West Coast Eagles and Fremantle, that huge, that Dale Kickett when he got nine weeks. But the this was the demolition Dale... derby. Yeah, yeah well, this was the Dale Kickett moment. For years, this rivalry's been a little bit sort of choreographed, but it's, it's, it's right on now. That was ugly and very regrettable. But, you know, if there's a benefit to it, there's, there's a real flame between the second year in a row he's done it as well. He yeah. got, broke Rockcliffe's jaw last year. I, what I didn't like about it is that, call me old-fashioned, all the players ran to the melee. Not one player from either team stopped to see if he was OK. I couldn't believe that. Yeah, that was a bit ugly, wasn't it? Collingwood, speaking of ugly, uh, we're going to be top four, ready to win finals footy this season. Well, it's early days, but they've been beaten by Melbourne and the sky has fallen in, Jules. It's great, isn't it? The Collingwood game plan, it's about successful as a 60 minutes production schedule in Beirut at the moment. <laughs> just going, <laughs> going wow. smoothly. All right, that's probably unfair on 60 minutes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Collingwood have built themselves up, haven't they? I mean, you know, like, uh, it, it was... It was like a team by stealth. There were wonder kids in the team. And it, it, they're just really falling victim to their own expectations, I think. I mean, I, I had them in my top eight. I think most Many had them, have had them in their top four. And look, and as I said, it is absolute early days. Nathan Buckley, he continues. We saw the images of him there. Not so much angry as kind of resigned to what was going on during that, that loss to Melbourne. Where, and it's a club that just carries pressure with it. Whoever's in, you know, with the black and white, he's got to be feeling it. Yeah, and he would be feeling it. I mean, they've lost 12 of their last 15 games when you take into consideration the back end of last year. So the issue is, I mean, they went through undefeated in the pre-season. Everyone picked them in the top four and had yep. your Swannies missing the eight. Yep. Um, they've had suspensions. They've had big injuries. Dane Swan, obviously, in, in the first game. So... 
Um, Nathan Buckley is a brilliant media performer. So I think that gives him, and obviously he was a, a brilliant player, so he's got the points in the bank, but this is his sixth season in the AFL. And does he have the ability to coach? Well, I, I don't know if we know that answer yet. That's the question, isn't it? I mean, the, the really big issue is simply this, do they play for him? And isn't that statistic damning? Like, first year, 17 wins, 16 the second, 14, 11, 10. Mm. Here's the question, Kel. If his name was Nathan Smith and he was from West Coast, would he still be there? Or is it this favourite son syndrome? You know? Well, yeah. I mean, it's an interesting one, the favourite son, isn't it? Brett Ratton, Michael Voss, James Hurd, and now Nathan Buckley, but then... Against that is Lee Matthews, one of the greatest players of all time and a four-time premiership coach. Naturally, so. the, the uh, wags on social media have been fairly cruel. Uh, I don't know if any of you, you saw this one, which is... Uh, there it is. Uh, I'm, out, <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> Just but far too The interesting cool. thing in the AFL, everyone said it's going to be the closest season and record. You could, you know, all teams going to be... And it hasn't proved to be that at all. You've got the Habs, the Hawks, the Bulldogs... Uh, Crows, West Coast Eagles, they had not. You've got Richmond, you've got Fremantle, mm. you've got, you know, maybe Brisbane. It's, it yeah. hasn't proved to be that even no, so yeah. far. All right, look, uh, things aren't going well, as you said, for Frio either. But uh, before their loss at the weekend, skipper Matthew Pavlich found some nautical inspiration. Australia too, didn't... They turned up, didn't they, in 1983? After 100 odd years of not winning it. It's not going to stop us turning up and having a go. Yeah, sadly they lost, which makes them less Australia 2 and more 1 Australia. Uh, <laughs> too cruel? <laughs> it was an odd thing to say, wasn't it? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good time to go What's well, a good topical reference? <laughs> right. uh, Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull has begun his election campaign by trying to win the votes of AFL lovers, the game he's favoured ever since. Port Adelaide decided to take a game to China <laughs> five minutes ago. Have a listen. I think, as we all know, and I say this as a former uh, uh, mediocre rugby player, <laughs> AFL is the most exciting football code. An enormous field extraordinary athleticism. It is the leaping, jumping, flying game where the big men fly. No cliché left unturned. I love it. But if that was bad in terms of politics, what about this? Glenn Lazarus was a New South Wales origin star. Now, he's now Queensland senator fighting for his spot in Canberra, which may explain why he went down this path with Sturlow. I'm going to support Queensland uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, one, well, the main reason is my good mate Kevy. Kevy's the coach. I love the boy to death and I love the man to death and I just think that uh, he you, needs to... Uh, you can't love anyone that much. Good. Yeah, that, that can't be his main reason, <laughs> obviously. We all love Kevy, but surely there's got to be a... You've played in a Sky Blue jersey next to Glenn Lazarus. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a, almost below the belt by Lazarus, that one. We've got actually a ball on tomorrow night, so we'll see if Lazarus... A New South Wales Origin ball. New South Wales ball. Origin ball's on tomorrow night, black tie ball, which will be great, and Lazarus will be there and he'll have to explain himself, I'd imagine, to the masses. That will be brilliant. He didn't mean that. No, of course he no. didn't. He's a politician. He's There's a... politicians that can put a spin on anything. Uh, absolutely, they can. All right, still to come, Aussie hurdling champ Michelle Jenica, a sensational start to the A-League finals. And while Kobe Bryant was great, the anthem was unusual.
Superstar does it 60 points in Kobe Bryant's last game. Anybody can make Jack Nicholson jump. How good was that, Kel? It will be remembered as one of the great farewells. And can I just say, what an amazing experience for Joe Ingalls, the Aussie yeah. from little old Adelaide. Yeah. He's arrived back in Adelaide in the last 24 hours. His head is still spinning. He got to he played mainly on Kobe Bryant, so he said he's oh, going he to well feature. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to feature in the highlights for the rest of his life because it's Kobe shooting over him the entire time. <laughs> he got to meet David Beckham, and before the game, Snoop Dogg came up and just gave him a little slap tickle on the chest. Really? That is, that is so cool. Teammates apparently were getting Kobe's signature on all sorts of gear after the game, as you would expect for such a, a superstar and, and legend. I think the best bit of merchandise that I saw, though, was this. Uh, it's just the uh, air from Kobe's final game. Selling <laughs> <laughs> it there on, on eBay. They <laughs> end up going up to $10,000. Yeah. Someone, someone bid for that. Now, how yeah. could you buy a $10,000 packet of air? <laughs> Sensational. I just love it. It was a non-Kobe moment, I think, in that game that, that Kel loved. Just have a listen to this. With the basket, the Aussie Ingles hits the three. His wife's a world champion netball player. Those of you who are big netball fans watching us in Australia. Oh. You are now world famous, you yeah. netball caller, yeah. you. <laughs> well, how's that? I mean, millions are watching in the US and the commentators are talking about netball. So, Renee Ingalls, of course, his wife pregnant with twins. They're having a boy and a girl in the next couple of months, a netballer and a basketballer. And um, Joe says it's something that he can tell the kids for the rest of his life. I played on Kobe Bryant in his last game. Do you like him, Kel? Amazing. Kobe, some, the, people seem split. Some people thought ball hog, a bit selfish, brilliant player, but... Very much about Kobe. Your the, thoughts? Well, Michael Jordan was better, if you ask me. That's just my personal. I've seen him live at Staples Centre, and he's just so so quick. But probably more of a Jordan fan. Uh, you know how much we love an anthem on this show, particularly one that is virtually unrecognisable. Now, before Kobe's last game, Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> decided a bass riff would do the job. <laughs> Good to sing along to that. I think it's called Gastro and G minor. <laughs> who, who cares? I mean, no one, no one cares about a bass player, do they? No. Why well, no. give a bass player it's a solo? It's like having a drummer doing the national it's anthem. Even the drum. We all, you know, with Nirvana, we know the drummer, the lead singer. Can anyone name the bass player from Nirvana? <laughs> exactly. No. But you combine Flea's efforts there, that bass, with this bloke, and I reckon you're on a winner. And the He didn't give it up. He just 
just keep going. Cross-state exam in A. <laughs> 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 I love it. Great action in the A-League final so far with Brisbane Roar's last gasp win over Melbourne victory. An absolute corker, Jules. There's some terrific goals going on. All happened late, and in this final, it sums up virtually every A-League final series. Oh, 1-0 down Richo. with 10 yeah. to go. Well, Bess Uparisha seems to score a goal in every, in every final, and Brisbane Raw seemed to win late in finals. So what a dramatic game it was. I actually thought Melbourne Victory had it. Good job for the Raw to uh, to get a win and, and go John for John I love him. I was so happy for Great him. Great scenes, yeah. aren't they? Ange's legacy, in a sense, living on. I mean, all these years later, what an amazing club. They never, ever give up. Bessard Baresha, who was pretty lucky to be there, really, after striking out and getting that, to, that suspension reduced. He was so emotional after the game. Yet he gets to grand finals every second week. Yeah, those crazy Albanians. <laughs> they're always crying and scoring goals. I mean, if, you're, he's, if you're a fan, don't you love this? I mean, this shows how much it's life and death and he's passionate and it means everything. To oh, him. He's, you know, he's probably the most successful marquee player in the A-League, Bessard Barisha. So, you know, he's done it for Brisbane, he's done it for Melbourne, but he's gone out. I tell you who is another great star. There's a story today uh, rating uh, Bruno Fornaroli along with Buddy Franklin, Jonathan Thurston, and Israel Folau on the superstar ladder in this country. And it's so true. I mean, he scored 23 regular season goals. But look at this. The two goals he scored in this final were astonishing girds. Look at the quality. Incredible. Uruguayan, no one knows who he is, as you say. He scored the most goals in an A-League season, the most spectacular goals. He could, he, Melbourne City could win the, the grand final off his yeah. boot, and nine out of ten sports fans probably wouldn't be able to tell you where he's from or, or his heritage at all. Yeah, he's an absolute maestro. Wonderful to watch him in action. In fact, as I said, all of the, uh, the finals, first final weekend have been brilliant. And now they're represented, I think, they've got Brisbane, Sydney... Uh, Melbourne and Adelaide still going around in the A-League. It's a terrific uh, time for them. All right, uh, are there wobbles in the Leicester City bandwagon? Tottenham won overnight, bringing them to within five of the Foxes who squeezed out a draw against West Ham. Now, big talking point was the red card for Jamie Vardy. Now, this is for his simulation, and he did. It was a terrible... Yeah, but I think that was an accumulation of... of, of ..sort of sequences through the game. Well, that wasn't a red card, I'm saying, but... They, didn't they score in, like, the, the 95th minute to level that one up? They did. Tottenham won overnight. So that, it was a fair result, line. a draw, but, but Leicester, Leicester, you know, players, they can sense it. They're energetic, they're, they're boisterous, they're vociferous. And this ref, ref you know, refereed it like a, a normal home and away game. And the ramifications is that Vardy could be out for three games. Yeah. So he can miss virtually the entire run-up to Leicester perhaps taking out the... And he's, the, he's their man. And he's, he's the man. So the whole script, and I feel sorry for this referee, could be ruined by that one red card. Jules, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you, you just wonder what the pressure is doing to these blokes. Like, they've got a movie ready to make about Vardy. And one of the One Direction boys has signed up to play him. They're ready to go... But they haven't won the and thing that's yet. That's the thing. Oh, Reefs during and umpires during grand finals, they they take into account the energy, the passion. Yeah. But yeah. in well, this game, they weren't. Do you There's plenty of Leicester energy and passion. I want no. to show you a Leicester fan who's got so much energy and sh- so much passion and so much skin as well. Uh, there is. Mm, that it's is a good it. canvas. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think it can still stretch further as well. <laughs> plenty right on there. All right, it's time for this week's epic fail, and it comes. From the Rugby Sevens, this elaborate butching of a certain try from Kenya. Look at this. Whoop, 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 whoop. Oh. No! 
What? They won the whole tournament. They did. And That's the that? good news at the end of the story, is they did go on to win that game and the entire tournament. Yeah. But that try was there waiting for him. Uh, epic fail. All right, to cricket. And the plans for another pink ball day-night test for Adelaide. Suddenly wobbly with South Africa saying no thank you. Is that just plain rude crash? Well, it came from the Australians. Some of the Australian batsmen met the South Africans during the World T20 and said, you can't see the ball at dusk. They were already sceptical about it. They'd never played it in South Africa. And here's, that's the sort of game it was. You're seeing the highlights here. Ball movement and seaming and slips catches. it was catches. a great success, surely. But this is the thing, Tony, and you've spotlighted it there. Players' interests for mine rank about third on the ladder. The game itself... Test cricket's in trouble. It needs more pink ball tests. Like, they've got to find a way. The schedule will be announced tomorrow, and they cannot announce a day-night test because South Africa have said, no, we don't want to play one. So What changes their mind? Cash, in a word. <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's one thing. They will give them an offer because right now South Africa is saying, hey, you gave New Zealand all this money last year. You haven't offered us anything. And Australia said, yeah, but the concept's a success. It'll be good for you to learn how to host a day-night test. So they'll hopefully meet in the middle somewhere. Surely it will, because you speak of cash. It's such a moneymaker for Cricket Australia, but also for South Australia with tourism and yeah, everything yeah. like that as well. It, it's huge, but I tell you what, they, I, I spoke to uh, mates in South Africa and the players are adamant, South Africans. See, they've won the last two tours here, and, and, and to them it's more than money, the players. They're saying, hang on, now we want to give us our best chance of winning... So it's, it's a real headbutting thing. Is it true some of the players are getting gagged about saying their real opinion mm. that they're anti-day night? Last year there was very strong rumours that Mitchell Stark, who's contracted to Kookaburra, who make the ball, and he's been a critic of it, a very strong early critic that suddenly stopped. And the word was the Kookaburra said, Mitchell, for God's sake, can you just zip it? You, you know, so... I, right, and, well, and can I say one thing? I'm shocked at that because he takes wickets for fun with the pink mm, ball. Yeah. I understand the Brisbane day-nighter uh, against Pakistan. That's, set in stone. That's set in stone. All right. Uh, staying upright is a really, really good skill in many, many sports. Uh, it doesn't always happen, though. Like with this tennis ball boy, he's doing so well so far. And then just watch the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look at the recovery. Yeah, the recovery was beautiful. By the time it turns around... Look at the Nothing to see here. Down I go. Oh, I'm Nothing. So much concern from the fellow. Linesman. Do they have concussion rules? When you are running onto the field in front of your old team, it's also good then to make an impression. Eric Kratz did just that. That's his old mob. Giving it to him. I love it. All right, and you might be surprised. That brings us to this week's top five embarrassing trips in sport. And, look, why wouldn't we start at the darts? Just, see, don't blow a kiss oh, and no. walk at the same time. <laughs> 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 and number four, look, uh, this is another impressive entrance. This guy's got the world at his feet. Uh, through I go. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> 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 meant to do that. Let me at him. Yeah. Let me at him. Good recovery. <laughs> yeah. Another good recovery. <laughs> 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 cool. No drama. Number three, um, the celebration trip. It's a surefire way to kill the moment. <laughs> <laughs> This is the other angle I like. Yeah, look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Just clumsy. Oh, what did I do? <laughs> Number two, 
This is very good from the world of football, the corner kick trip. That's a corner. Exactly. It's all over the floor. And a bit of handball. This is one of my favourite sporting moments of all time. Look, the first, he uh, gets through, okay? He's wondering which one I'm going to trip on. No, I won't remember. No, I'll go under. He gets a little cocky after the bout. So this is where the trouble happens. Oh, I, I'm not going to go under this time, fella. I'm going all the way over the top. Expected more of you. He said it first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think was a bit further gone than that. <laughs> coming up, she's uh, one of the rising stars of Australian athletics. Hurdling champion Michelle Jenica joins us right here. Olympic Games to compete in the 100 metre hurdles. Michelle Janica, well done. Congratulations. Thanks for being here. 109 slips till you hit Rio. Uh, how are you feeling? Um, I'm really excited. Um, and obviously, I've got a lot of hard work to do before then, but just every now and then I think about what it's going to be like when I get there and uh, yeah, just filled with excitement. We, uh, heard, we heard Sally Pearson talking today. Uh, she says she's got to go off to Europe now. It's getting into, into winter here before as her pre-match routine, basically. Are you going to spend time over there? What's your plan? I'm actually not planning on going to Europe, no. Um, I think I'm just going to spend time in Australia and I think that I've got the best training facilities here and it's all really well set up and I'm really comfortable being at, ho being at home. So I'm just going to prep here and I might go to the US and do a couple of races um, just before the Games, but not planning any big overseas trip. Can we ask you about this famous pre-race routine? <laughs> I'm guessing you haven't done an interview where you haven't been asked about it. Um, every athlete has their own routine to get rid of nervous energy. Do you remember the first time you did it and how it came about? I actually do remember. The first time was in 2009 at Nationals. Uh, and I, was, I was pretty young then. I think I was 16. And I was, I was really flat before this race. It was actually before 100 flat. And uh, I wasn't back right at the 100 and I, was, I wasn't feeling that good. It was my fourth event of the, of the championships. Um, and I just went out there and I came in with a different energy than I usually did. And they were playing music at the track and I just started being silly to it. And as I was doing it, my friends were on the sideline teasing me, like, what are you doing? I was just having a good time. And I actually ran a massive PB in that race and I ended up winning my first national medal in a sprint event there. So 
it, it worked for me and I just thought, well, that really worked then. Why can't that work in all my races? Was there any part of you that knew that was also kind of establishing a brand for you as well? <laughs> Definitely not, no. <laughs> um, to be honest, before the, the whole video with it that went viral, um, it was mostly just my friends that would laugh at me while I was doing it. Everyone just thought it was just such a silly thing. And I mean, I thought it was really silly too, but it, it's what helped me race well. So it didn't really bother me. <laughs> Do athletes from around the world know you now because of that when you go to these international meets I mean I'm, I'm sure you don't know everyone else but do they do they do they know who you are they actually do know me um, I found it really surprising actually so earlier this year I went to the world indoor championships and um, the day before I raced I just went to the track and did a bit of a warm-up and doing some runs and stuff and I noticed there were quite a few people who were taking photos of me and other athletes who were coming up to me and asking for photos I was like well this is pretty cool we just threw on Sally Pearson um, and she was vomited during training and, and the coach almost had to carry her off the track and you thought, gosh, to beat her, you've sort of got to match that, haven't you, that, that dedication? Is that sort of quite intimidating? Or? Um, not really. And I, I think I train in quite the same way. So, I mean, obviously it depends what time of the season I'm training in, but the, the time of season now that I'm in, we're coming back to a bit of general prep, prep bit of base training. Um, so... I went back to training last week, had a week off after nationals. My first session on Monday, had a bike session, went outside the gym and had a bit of a vomit. So <laughs> you're matching your performance. <laughs> yeah, but that was part way through my session. And, you know, I went outside, came back in, got back on the bike and finished off my session. I, I think that that's the way we have to train and that's the way I train. Yeah, we saw the uniforms today, so if you vomit, you won't notice them because uh, <laughs> <laughs> here they are. Actually, I, I love them. You, this is what you're going to be wearing when you get to Rio the Olympics. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, it's pretty incredible. I mean, you always feel good wearing an Australian uniform, no matter what it looks like, but I, I think they've done a good job. Sally, uh, Sally looks pretty fit there, as, as we can see. How do you think, what are your expectations of the Olympics on your own performance? Um, I'm really hoping to make a final at the Olympics. I I'm not really sure how I'll go beyond that, and I'm not sure if I'll quite get there, but that's really going to be my goal, making that final. Before you, your video came along, you'd type hurdle into YouTube and just see people face-planting, you know, <laughs> at, a, at a primary school events. Did you, when you started hurdling, did you have... Accidents? Have you ever like clipped a hurdle and just gone bang? I have never fallen in a race, um, so hopefully that's not a bit of bad luck there. But <laughs> I've been training numerous times. The the worst one I've done is we were doing some overspeed training, so it was a with a longer run up. So I went into the hurdles faster than I, than I usually do, and the first hurdle, yep, that was fine. Second hurdle, I clipped it. Um, came down on the track, slid and crashed into the next hurdle. I just had burns all down me. But I got up and I was laughing and... Read, <laughs> Did the jig? Well, it is all about technique. And funny you should say that. I've been Googling as well. I don't know if you admire the technique of, of this hurdler, if you've seen his work at all, uh, because he's got it all going on. <laughs> Just to start here. Uh, and it starts badly uh, <laughs> and gets worse. Uh, as, as he, uh, <laughs> jumping's not good <laughs> else because those hurdles are pretty hard yes. so he's I mean I feel like he's in the gym just doing bicep curls so he can run through those hurdles. It's an amazing wow. stat that never fallen in a race that's incredible. Yeah I've come close a few times but I managed to pull myself back together. I, I, I know where you have fallen though uh, again I just have to show you this, this footage usually obviously you know very very graceful uh, I'm not sure exactly whether it was <laughs> <laughs> what the hell's going on? 
thank my lovely sister for putting that on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I did not do that well at all. The, 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 we jump off that swing all the time. Um, it's, a, it's near a place where we often go on holidays, but the water level had dropped a lot and for some reason I thought it would be good to really arch into that instead of actually mm-hmm. holding on some abs or arm muscles and it didn't go so well. In hindsight, not so great. <laughs> and Crash and I learned a new word today, mechatronic. Can you tell us what you're studying at university? So I'm studying mechatronic engineering and that's a combination of electrical and mechanical engineering. Wow. Wow. You're you're too smart for this show. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing I was hurling at uni was the back fences of bottle shop. (laughs) (laughs) An Olympic athlete and an engineer. Michelle, have you got a smoky for us? Like there's talk for your athletics teams on the rise for Rio and there's a whole lot of people in the mix. You would have seen a lot of them you thought, Here's a name to watch in August. Just put this name on your fridge and watch it go. I do have one for you. Ella Nelson, women's 200 metres. She is just absolutely on fire at the moment. She's dropped her PB this season by half a second, I think it is. And I'll tell you what, she's got more improvement of her, in her. So she'll, I think she'll definitely be in that final and even pushing towards a medal, I think. All right. Look, thank you so much. All the best. It's going to be an exciting time for you and anybody who's looking. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thanks All right, much. stay with us. Our Champ of the Week is up next. Welcome back. Uh, commentators often say a player's looking to dig himself out of a hole uh, after doing something stupid. Well, I've got just the ground to do it. Uh, <laughs> Amy Park, this is uh, the Rebels' home ground. Look at this, this shot here. That is amazing. Oh, my goodness. Is it a diseased grass, Kel, I understand? Yeah, that's what they're saying. I mean, you never want to see this in professional sport, do you? But the worry was the next day, or it might have been the day after, the, the A-League. A-League was on there. And yeah. soccer, you know, you well, want the ball to be sort of... Yeah, Not absolutely. crossing sandpits yeah, exactly. and divots, do that you? That is. That was just kids playing in a sandpit. Uh, yeah. This, though, uh, in Italy, it's kids playing in muddy puddles instead. Look, he's trying to find a place to take the shot from, moving the water out of the way, and suddenly all the boys are Someone has to take it too far. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One person take it too far, boys girls. Been boys. And there you go, boys. All right. Fishing is sport which is why I'm showing you this from the US. It's just a father and son fishing team. Have a listen to after the reaction to this. Be careful, Evan. Yeah. Oh, my God! That's a big-ass game, buddy. That is a big... The bravery. <laughs> <laughs> the big-ass alligator, I love it. It is time now for our champ of the week. <laughs> Aussie teenager Minji Lee, she's on a roll. We've already given her this gong, I think, for a, po- a hole in one and a par four. Now she's claimed her second LPGA Tour title, shooting an eight under par 64 final round to win the Lochte Championship. Beautiful Hawaii is, if you didn't know. She started the, the uh, round five shots back, crash, and she does it. Yeah, and great. Off to the Olympics, what a thrill. And yeah. the girls can't wait for the Olympics. The blokes are sort of going, yeah, I might be a bit too cool for it, you know. <laughs> but good on them. They yeah. want to go there. So that's terrific. Sadly, that is where we have to leave you for another week. We will catch up again in one week's time. See you soon. This has been a production of Fox Sports.